Welcome to High on the Hog with Merrill Schindler and co-hosts Joanna Belson and Janice Hardoon. This is a podcast about all things cannabis. Tune in every week as Merrill, Joanna, and Janice discuss the medical benefits of CBD and THC products with each other, as well as with informed guests from the cannabis industry and the lawmakers who regulate it. Enjoy the show. This is Merrill Schindler. Some months ago, we had Len May from Endocana Health, endocanahealth.com on. And Endocana Health does an analysis based on your DNA of your response to THC CBD products. Do I have that pretty much right? Correct. Correct. Okay. And I sent mine in. Um, I, I, I sent in the, the swab from inside my, my mouth. And a few weeks later, it arrived. And, and Len is here to tell us what exactly I learned, what Janice learned, what Joanna learned. So from mine, which I can't seem to get on, on the phone here, but not, not to worry about that, um, we learned from my printout that um, in terms of mental health and wellness, I'll experience heightened levels of anxiety, which is basically the story of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, driving down the street, I'll, I'll experience heightened levels of anxiety. What do I do in terms of cannabis then, in terms of CBD and THC, if I experience heightened levels of cannabis, of, of anxiety? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question. And it, that's one of the most common things that people experience when using cannabis. So just to kind of set the baseline. So what this test will show you is your genetic predisposition to anxiety is right. one of the actual uh, traits or what's well, right in terms of my life in general right, right. So, yeah. so if that's the case uh, what happens is sometimes people that are prone to anxiety have a lower level or baseline level of anandamide anandamide is an endogenous endocannabinoid that's released in order to actually uh, reduce the amount of cortisol in that, that fight or flight that happens when you get anxiety, your body re- uh, produces an anandamide, and then the anandamide is your mood stabilizing endogenous endocannabinoid that reduces that. So you may have, and that's what the report says, a lower baseline level of anandamide than the average population. So how it relates to cannabis is a person that consumes uh, THC, for instance, or a higher amount of THC, they can trigger that genetic expression. And when that genetic expression is triggered, you're prone to anxiety. Not only can THC trigger that, but also certain terpene profiles. And as we know, terpenes are the glandular secretions that the plant produces. And when you mix them with the cannabinoids, they have an effect. So we talk about sativa-dominant hybrids. So sativa-dominant hybrids a lot of time have uh, a lot of limonene. So limonene is a terpene that boosts serotonin and dopamine, but can also release cortisol. So what that does, that heightens your fight or flight and you feel anxiety and THC can produce the same thing. So to mitigate that, if you titrate down, take less THC, so more elevated CBD, so something Mm -hmm. more, equal one-to-one or something close to that and the report will suggest that and also modify your terpene profile so instead of uh, limonene for instance you can consume linalool as your primary terpene profile which studies show can reduce the anxiety that's provoked by thc so you are prone to that and here is a way to be able to mitigate that so that doesn't express itself it makes it sound like I should lock myself in a safe room <laughs> with um, with old Beatle recordings if I'm going to like use any THC, something to calm me down. 
Uh, not necessarily. So here's... Don't go out in wrong. public, there's Meryl. Don't go out in public. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with locking yourself in a room with some Beatle recordings. I kind of enjoy that myself. But uh, I, I just want to explain how DNA works. DNA is your your roadmap, right? So that shows you your potential. It doesn't mean that that is going to express itself. So your epigenetic factors play a big role. So your genetics are what's possible and your epigenetics are based on your environment, your nutrition, your mindset, all that stuff. So you may you may have a gene, so uh, I'll give you an example. So I have a gene that says that I am uh, I may experience negative reactions from caffeine. Now, I drink four to five cups of coffee a day. I can drink a cup of coffee, go to sleep. It doesn't affect me. Right. Because I mean, that's wrong. It's not. Me too. (laughs) That's what the genes, that's what my genes say. However, that gene hasn't expressed itself. So something that I will do in the environment or maybe my mindset, something will trigger that gene and now it's showing up, now I can't drink coffee. So from a cannabis standpoint, we have this happen all the time. So I had a, a woman just to give you an example, uh, she, I, I forget which disease uh, she has, but she was diagnosed with something and was recommended cannabis. So she's been consuming cannabis for her disease for 23 years. All of a sudden, she said she took a concentrate or some of that, and she has panic attacks every single time she consumes, and she needs it as her medicine. So when we looked at her genetic profile, she had a, a psychosis gene, uh, and it got triggered by this expression by you know a high amount of THC. So now every single time she consumes, she has that panic attack. So when we looked at her profile, we made a recommendation or suggestion to try a different titration level of different ratio of uh, CBD to THC and a different terpene profile. And now she said, this finally allowed me to be me again. And that's really the goal. That's what we're trying to do is get somebody. But if I was to take something as complex as what you just described to, mm-hmm. for instance, Janice at mm-hmm. K-Town yeah. uh, Collective. Mm-hmm. Janice, would you would you know how to change things based on this? Based on when people come in and tell us what it is and their anxiety levels or what they're trying to achieve, we'll balance out THC and CBD with those folks. Yes. Yeah. So, so you don't have to ask Janice for anything complex. You can ask Janice for, well, this suggests that I should consume a one-to-one with limonene and beta-caryophyllin as the terpenes that are in there. What product do you have based on your C of A that matches that? That's what we can do today. Tomorrow, what we're doing within the next 30 days or version two is going to match an algorithm to the C of A's. So we're going to have Janice upload all the products or we're going to do an API and then will direct you based on your geographic area which products are closely related to your suggested ratio so you don't have to do anything you can be bob from iowa and say i don't know what to take here's where i'll go to k-town collective and these are these are my three best products that i should consume and not only formulation but also method of consumption and what I mean by that, yeah, go ahead. So you're developing this technology? It's it's already in beta right but now. But it's through Endocana? Through Endocana, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, so one of the things we can look at is m- method of consumption. So what I mean by that is based on metabolic function, some people may be prone to having negative experiences with edibles. So there are a ultra slow metabolizer of THC through the digestive system. So we can tell that based on your genetic profile. There's a number of genes called 
CYP250, uh, 450, and cytochrome uh, markers. These genes show you how you metabolize THC. So yeah. if you're an ultra-poor metabolizer, don't do an edible, uh, maybe consume we have found We have found with like edibles or capsules, whatever, that the vegan capsules will metabolize much quicker than a regular edible. So if you pick up a package that says vegan on there, Mm -hmm. um, there seems to be a faster time release of getting that CBD or THC into your body. Yeah, I mean, makes sense. Probably much more. My husband takes, when we both eat edibles, his will hit in like 20 minutes after mine. It's funny. I metabolize my ours much quicker. You're a little smaller. (laughs) That, That may, you know... He also has more brisket in his body. <laughs> that, that does make sense, what you eat beforehand and all that other stuff. But that's that's what our genes are able to tell us. They're able to tell us, number one, what the, the goal of endocana and what we're doing right now is to limit the adverse reactions that people may, can have and to create a more optimal experience for somebody based on their genetic expression. And then method of consumption as well. Well, I'll need help because of the things that, that were you know, way at increased risk. Mm-hmm. My cognitive function is, is a mess, so I shouldn't try driving or even speaking, as far as I could tell. My pain sensitivity is increased, so, you know, I, I should not bang into walls. <laughs> and it says I won't sleep well either. So I'm, I, the only thing that was, was, was diminished was my um, opioid side effects, which I don't know what those are. Because everything I'm describing sounds like a side effect. Well, have you consumed opioids in the past? Oh, opioids. No. So, no, best of my knowledge. No. So if you have if no. you if you do, you may be prone to side effects from opioids that are higher than the average population. Yeah. So so think about it this well, no, way. No, actually this would be this is, is lower. Oh lower than you can you can lower. consume as many opioids. So I, I won't I won't I won't O D from too much. Oh, I have opioids. an increased risk from opiates and I don't use any opiates. Yeah, so that's that could be so think about it this way. This would be a practical a way to use this. So if you're a pain medicine uh, physician, and w- w- when we deal with pain medical uh, medicine physicians, a lot of time they say, well, people come in and they ask us for opioids. Think about if the doctor had a test that said, well, you may be at a higher risk for opioid dependence, and you may be at a higher risk for adverse effects from opioids, so you'll get side effects. How about consuming cannabis as an alternative, because we know that that can be a much better alternative for you, especially knowing that opioids will create an adverse reaction. I am glad to see that I'm right in the middle when it comes to psychosis and psychotic effects, because really, one really wants to be in the middle when it comes to psychosis. We want to be on the lower end of middle, if anything. Um, I'm psychotic enough as is. So how do I compare, for instance, with Janice, who has hers right over there? You know, do do we... do we? Janice does not have an increased risk. She has a average uh, population risk of psychosis, but she, it does say that you can trigger her uh, psychotic reaction. I can't. <laughs> try. <laughs> God knows I've tried. Yes. Um. <laughs> and here's another one. So what about this one? Yeah. So this one is an increased risk. So if you go into the increased risk, it'll show you which genes are increased and what do you do in order to mitigate that increase of that risk. So there is a gene, for instance, AKT1, and that is a common gene for psychosis. And by the way... Is that the Alta Cocker gene? <laughs> that's the Alta Cocker gene. <laughs> by the way, THC uh, is a culprit in possibly triggering that in certain people. So 
a Maybe higher... you need to diminish your smoking. I didn't say it was mine. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Yeah, so so if you have that, so I recently had an experience with uh, uh, a lady who said, look, I'm having this experience and my friends don't believe me. So she said, every single time we get together, they're millennials and they consume uh, edibles. And she says, every single time we all take the same amount, really low amount, and I get super, super, I have a, uh, I get paranoid, I get a psychotic reaction, I even start to hallucinate every single time. And they're making fun of me, they're, they're saying that I'm making it up. So when we did her uh, genetic test, she had the trifecta. She had three things that, number one, she had the AKT1, which is prone to psychosis. She had another gene called COMT that is prone to high anxiety. And the third thing is she was an ultra poor metabolizer of THC through her digestive system. So it makes total sense that she would experience this. And first of all, it helps to validate her concerns every single time she can take that with real science behind it. And second of all, she can try to change and modify the way that she experiences her cannabis use and take it in a different way or a different ratio so she can have an optimal experience. And you easily saw this trifecta on her report when you were going through it with her? Yeah, absolutely. We saw, you, we saw all I three. I mean, you're an expert. I'm not. So well, I'm it, it would, yeah, it would, say, it would say that you are uh, highly uh, at high risk for these three things, psychosis, uh, anxiety, and a poor metabolizer of uh, THC. And it says it right there. Okay, so so far what we have is what strikes me as a, a nice novelty, as it were, a party game. But aside from going to someone who's knowledgeable like Janice, of whom I think, Janice, there are precious few out there. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go to most of the, any of the chains, for instance, those kids don't know anything. They don't, they don't know which ends up. So, I mean, what can you do with this yourself? Does your company, does Endocana Health, advise further do you do you have um you know do you have a concierge service as it were that will get involved uh yeah i mean we work with physicians if you so we have partnerships with companies uh there are telemed companies and other companies that are uh, clinics that you can go and get more uh, genetic counseling uh information from if you're interested but uh, I want to kind of go back to what you said about a, uh, you know, a sort of a, a novelty kind of thing. So if somebody has a, uh, an experience, a negative experience with uh, cannabis or is not sure what cannabis to consume that's more optimal to their needs, I would say that starting out with your genetic test would give you a baseline and give you a roadmap of what to avoid at the very least. So I'm not sure how you're seeing it as just a novelty kind of item. Well, I say, no, I, I mean it's a novelty because the number of, the number of purveyors out there who actually know what to do with this are, seem to be, to me, based on my experience, to be very limited. Well, I mean, it's what to do with it. It is uh, there is a formulation suggestion, meaning that this is the type of product that you should consume. If you take this to any dispensary, and you ask them for what do you have that's a one-to-one product, right? Uh, I'm sure almost every dispensary can, at the very least, show you what a balanced uh, CBD to THC product they have in their store. Right, because the the number of products out there that are Forty to one, one to one, mm-hmm. one to forty, etc. It's it's um it's it's a very confusing world for for most folks who are not in it for, who are just like dabbling as it were. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right, and that's why the state and hopefully the federal government at some point will mandate testing. So when you pick up a product and it says on there, one-to-one tested with this is the terpene profile that you should have, it tells you consume a one-to-one with these two terpenes. And if you look at a product, it should say that right. on the same thing. And if you don't know how to read that, there should be. And I, I agree with you that we need greater education. There should be a person that works in a dispensary that's able to point you to the right product. Yeah, well, I mean, we live here in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, we are spoiled. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was recently in San Francisco. They're spoiled. Mm-hmm. The number of purveyors are many. You can choose somebody who actually knows which end is up. Right. Um, you know, uh, from Shinola and all the other various expresses out there. But I fear that so many aren't. And, you know, as, as you know, it's, it's an expensive product. Mm-hmm. So people don't really want to make mistakes with it. So, I mean, this gives a great guide. Um, it, it does not, however, explain how back in the day, you know, we used to smoke Kulikon garbage. Yeah. It was just, I, I used to have a, a simple formula. One joint equals one beer. And it wasn't even much of a beer. It was, it was you know, it was a, a Schlitz. Um, <laughs> you know, it was, it was a... It was, it, was, it was a light beer. Um, and then all of a sudden, things started coming down from Mendocino or in from Maui or what have you. And it was one joint was like, well, goodbye for eight hours, mm-hmm. along with a fair amount of paranoia. Now, this, of course, shows a certain amount of, um, of anxiety on my part. But it seemed to be universal. It seemed to be all of us were suffering from anxiety, from right. the, the power of these new weeds yep um you know, did, did we, it's, in terms of your experience is anxiety perhaps the thing that people seem to have the most uh that's the most prevalent in terms of where cannabis actually plays a role that's immediate so people can sense it and the example you just gave is a, an accurate example because if you think about it like the mexican weed that we used to get back in the day uh, and all that garbage that you just yeah. talked about, you're looking at under 10% THC for most of those products. Seeds and stems, dude. Seeds and exactly. stems, you know. Even, and when yeah. we'd, we'd break apart, um, you know, keys, they'd have, you know, there'd be coins and rocks in them you know, to make them <laughs> way more. I mean, it was it was a funky world. Right. So, so because you have a genetic predisposition, as I was explaining before, you may not notice that gene hasn't been expressed. It hasn't been triggered until you get the amount of THC that's coming in now. So if I'm talking to my Hawaii cultivators from back in the day, they're saying, look, our uh, Maui Wowie was great. We made it at 14, uh, 15% THC, but it was fully expressed. But the market wanted 30% THC. So we started breeding, 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 breeding out all the other beneficial stuff to make it really high THC. And when you consume that and it merges with your genetic expression, that gene is now triggered. Now you experience that anxiety that you haven't experienced before. Yeah, it was pretty, it, it, it stopped me from using for quite a while. It stopped a lot of us from using. It was like, you know what? I'm not having fun anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed the one joint equals one beer. You know, and you go out for a pizza, and it's like, you know, there it is. Life was easy. Yep. And it got it got tough. Now it's, I mean, you've you've created a world of, or discovered a world, unearthed a world of technicality here that was not even imagined. 
Well, cannabis is a personal experience. It always was. But the thing is, when I started looking at the plant genetics first, I said, okay, it, it makes total sense that, you know, this Maui Waui uh, in Janice's shop and somebody else's shop may not be identical. It just because it's called something else, a strain name, it doesn't mean it's the same. So we have to look at the plant genetics first to make sure that all these Maui Waui's or all these sour diesels match up genetically. So that's the first thing we started doing was looking at the genetics of the plant. That was my first entry into DNA. Then how does that genetic of the plant match up with our DNA? The plant's already inside of us. So you guys know, you know, we have all our endogenous and cannabinoids. How does that DNA work with our own individual DNA? And that's the bridge that we uh, started developing. And do remember that the endocannabinoid system, um, discovery of it was what was the 1980s? Uh, 1992. 1992. 1992 by, uh, was it Meshulam? Yeah, uh, Raphael pronounce it incorrectly in in israel Mm -hmm. i mean it was unknown yep so i mean you're 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 in some new territory here you're Uh, you're digging deep into it it's better be ahead of the game than behind and you're absolutely think about this way doctors are treating people without the knowledge of a primary regulatory system they're still treating people without the knowledge of them and it was discovered in 1992 so this is a new frontier and the thing that we're doing is we're doing six clinical trials right now and one of the largest observational studies with a very large group of physicians and researchers. So the most important part of this is the feedback loop mechanism. So we can tell you that based on your DNA, this is what we suggest. You're going to go to K-Town Collective. You're going to pick up exactly what we suggest, but then you're going to report back how is that working for you and not you specifically, but thousands of people that have the same genotype, the same genetics. Our artificial intelligence will learn from that and will report back to the cultivators and to the industry what type of products are more effective, what should be cultivated more, what should be extracted more, and that's really the I have a question. Does the pharmaceutical company or the industry have something that's similar to being able to detect um, the same type of molecules in those pharmaceutical drugs? That's what you're trying to do in plants. Uh, yeah, I mean, the, the, the difference is, like, pharmaceutical companies, they don't do your, de- like, in any uh, clinical research, when you go through FDA approval, they don't look at your genotype. They don't look at your genetics. They just look at the effect based on uh, blood draws and all these other things. And in order for a drug to get past the FDA, it needs 30% um, success rate. So all you need to do is have a drug that's 30% effective. Placebo is 25% effective. <laughs> so, you know, and we can't have that as an industry. In order for us Why to isn't that put more out there? I mean, if you took that for me, <laughs> I mean, I didn't know that. You just taught me something. So like, now I get to go around and quote Lynn and say, well, you trust the pharmaceutical company and they only have 30%. I know that I got in trouble if I didn't come home with over 90% on my exactly. test. So why are exactly. we taking something at 30%? Uh, yeah, why? Because that's the pharmaceutical industry set up that way. That is the basis for the FDA to approve a drug. They have to show, epidiolics the same way, they have to show 30% efficacy and then a laundry list of side effects. Once you produce that, the FDA, you went through your clinical trials, the FDA will approve a drug in the market. Uh, for the cannabis industry, we can't have that. And the other thing is, we can't have an adverse reaction. So I'll give you guys an example. This is like my activism kind of hat. So. 
CBD, it's, uh, it's everywhere. Everybody's taking CBD for everything. Well, CBD can act as an uptake inhibitor. And not to get like really sciencey, because last time I was on, I, I got feedback that I'm really sciencey, so I'm gonna try to explain it in a way uh, that you know the common person can understand. When you consume CBD, it can reduce the efficacy of a prescription medication. So if you're taking a SSRI, like antidepressant, anti-anxiety medication, and you're consuming CBD with it, it may, depending on what type of uh, metabolic function you are, it may actually reduce your, the efficacy of how the antidepressant is working. So you just have to be careful, not saying that you can't take CBD, but you can stagger it. And how do you stagger it depends on what type of metabolizer you are. Ultra fast, maybe you can wait 30 minutes and take it. If you're an ultra slow, maybe you have to wait three hours. So that's antidepressant, but think about it this way. It can also affect the efficacy of blood thinner medication, like warfarin. So if somebody's taking a blood thinner and is taking CBD with it, and that reduces the effect of the warfarin, somebody can develop a blood clot and a stroke. And guess what? We have a headline. CBD causes stroke. Right. And that's the thing that we can't afford. So we as an industry. Well, it's like anesthesia. I absolutely. know that when you people go into surgery and you're a cannabis user that you have to tell your anesthesiologist how much you do because it stores in your liver. Absolutely. Um, and the anesthesia could be affected and you may need more. Which seems like Great opposite. <laughs> but that's. Great no. point. Yeah, because CBD, what CBD does, it actually gets signals from our body and goes back presynaptically, and it communicates those signals to our body on how much to produce, how much to take in. On some people, it can actually increase the efficacy. So if some people are taking their antidepressant and their CBD, it can actually increase that. And you know, your your genes will help at least one piece of it. Will help you. Uh, to determine what type of metabolizer you are. Now, Janice, do you feel secure that when someone walks into one of your stores here with one of these analyses into K-Town Collective, one's thing as a dote, that you have a full enough stock of things to cover whatever the oddities are here? In today's world of THC, no, I do not. I think that the government and the regulations have really messed up what medicines and what are available to Can people. Can stuff be special ordered? You can special order it. You may wait for something for 12 months to come through the pipeline that you Mm -hmm. need to do. They've really clogged the pipelines. The state of California has done a terrible job of trying to convert the black market to the medical market, recreational market. And the products are not there. And the products that you see there are not quality products. Yeah, no, I agree that we're not there yet. But here's, I'll ask you a question. So if somebody comes in and says, do you have anything that's 18 to 1 with uh, pining and Oh, I can do that. But when you right. come in and you say things like that, if you want something 18 to 1, I can grab 18 to 1, 14 to 1. Right. I know how to adjust 4 to 1 to 1 right. to 1 and who's doing what. But I wouldn't go into 99% of these other places. Right. And that's where they want cannabis to be like uh, food, the food and beverage right. and in beer and wine but you have all those years of testing behind you and cannabis doesn't have that it was the taboo yeah so you're absolutely right that that's where we're going to in the future however if if you know that at least you have a product 
that has a cannabinoid ratio, but you don't know right. your terpene no, profile. No, at least you guys go acknowledge. Yeah, right? not, you've already beaten the pharmaceutical company right. at thirty percent. Exactly, and your knowledge and education are going to be the power. Right, that's Lynn, what's you are ahead of up. the curve, as are you, Janice. And as we try to be here on the show, it's um, uh, endocannahealth.com. Correct. Correct. Yes. Uh, you can get a kit there mm-hmm. and send it a swab, and what, what about a month later? Uh, yeah, it takes about four weeks, or four weeks. you can, or if you've taken your twenty three andMe or your Ancestry or any of the other genetic tests, you can take the raw data from that test, upload it to our site, and you'll get a result within uh, uh, less than thirty seconds. Uh, which, which doesn't work the other way around. You know, from from your sending the sample to you, you will not send to say twenty three andMe. Yeah, we do not work with twenty three andMe yet. 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 Or or not at all. I don't know. That doesn't strike me as uh, the direction that Endocana wants to go because... Well, you know, full service, a little bit of everything. Yeah, but they do do, uh, work with GlaxoSmithKline and we have uh, some challenges with the pharmaceutical industry. It's called the FDA. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Thank you, federal government. Yes. EndocanaHealth.com. Thank you, Len. Thank you, Janice. Thank you, Phil. Thank you, Joanna, who I think is going off to the beach with the kids. And thank you, Meryl. This is High in the Hog, the show that's all about medical cannabis and what it does for you, which is so darn much. High in the Hog, it's your one place to find information about medical cannabis, about the stuff that's really the talk of the world. Find us on iTunes, find us on Amazon, find us on the internet. High in the Hog, the podcast.com. That's High in the Hog, the podcast.com. Tell a friend. <laughs>